Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. Hi, my name is Rachel Kurtz. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, I've been to Holden Village a number of times, and it is delightful to be back here. I'm so thankful for this place. Um, I'm a musician. That's what I do for a living. I've been a full-time uh, singer and songwriter for 14 years, and before that, another like three or four years. And so it's funny because it wasn't until um, probably about maybe 13 years into it and albums later that I finally claimed myself as a songwriter. Um, I just thought, well, yeah, I can write songs. And then I had this whole um, experience of discovery, recognizing the gifts that I had through the help of some friends and just finally claiming them. And that actually gave me the freedom to write the best record of my life and gave me the freedom just to move beyond doubting and um, move beyond comparing myself and just writing what came to my mind. So what I love about songwriting is as I listen to other people's records, I, I figured out more recently that, that we all have a story to tell and you use whatever medium you have to tell it. And there's certain experiences that I have when you write from your heart and your own experience as most songwriters do. And then there's the really tremendous songwriters that can tell other people's stories. But for me, especially working on my current record that I'm working on, I just have looked at my life and, and tried to figure out what are the narratives that are mine that are shared experiences? How can I put words to the experience of single parents or the brokenhearted or people falling in love? Like, what are things that I've experienced, parenting and all of that, that I can tell our story? And that's just been a really incredible experience. And um, I don't always get inspired. And so that's a tricky thing. Like, some people have taken time away and they're just planning to write a bunch. But I can't just, like, force the muse to show up. But I've learned over the years that if the muse is around, Stop doing what you're doing and pay attention and hang out with her for as long as it takes. And so it's interesting to me, the songs that get written in like 15 minutes and don't change and are um, powerful and impactful and just come out of my mouth rhyming and, and with a melody and everything. And then there's the songs where you've had a piece of it for a long time and, and the victory you feel when you finally finish a song you've had in mind for a long time. There's this song that I'm, I've been playing with a band for um, years, and we play a couple times, excuse me, we play once every couple of months, 
in this club in Minneapolis and this band of musicians is just phenomenal. And they let me sing all of my flirty, non-churchy love songs. And it's just been a blast. But I had this song that I had been trying to write for years and I kept trying to force verses into it and it just never worked out and I finally finished it and I've been playing it for years now and I finally get to put it on a record. I'm so excited. So this next album I'm doing is called Love, Rachel Kurtz and it's the first record that isn't really going to have any sacred music on it and I wrote some pieces for it that I was really excited about and was writing things in a different way than I ever had because I'd been listening to a lot of Beyonce and Chance the Rapper and, and somehow lyrically um, things were turning out different, but I couldn't figure out how they were going to be songs. And as we've sort of been weeding through the music I've got available, it just is evident that that the that a couple of them just won't make it on the record, even though they're poignant and have a message. But but when you're making art, it's it's interesting. I'm not very good at editing. I hate editing things. I hate editing songs after I've written them because I just like them <laughs> how they are. But I, um, but that's part of the, the art too, and it's it's exciting. And when I sing, sing songs about God and write songs about my relationship with God or the divine or the sacred, I get nervous because I've never wanted to write a cheesy or patronizing or like too light of a song about the creator of the universe. And so I, I really do that with hesitation. But I'm always excited when I get one written because I actually am a Lutheran musician. Lutherans around the country, tip, I mean, like I'll sing for anybody. I've sung for all sorts of folks, but typically Lutherans hire me and I'll do women's retreats and I'll do um, youth events and, and bigger national things and synod assemblies. And so I get really excited when I write a song about God because it's sort of my job. But I, I, I believe that, that our whole lives are worthy of, of singing even in church. And so, so I don't just write Christian music. When I meet people sometimes, I wanna tell them my story too. And so I'm gonna sing a little bit of a song I wrote uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I was getting divorced and I, I just wanted to tell the story. And it was one of those ones that just came out of my mouth almost finished before I even realized what was going on. And, and it's just been amazing to see where it's spread. I've been trampled down, oh, I have been torn. I have been wasted, I have been worn. Oh, there was no love for me. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I heard the devil speak words of death over me. Oh, my Lord, words of contempt, words of injury, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, 
So here's the thing that's so delightful about music. I, I I think when you're involved in any kind of arts, you forget the impact of it sometimes. And when you've done it forever, or when it's a natural thing to you, you forget. And I, and there are times where I listen to the radio, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like people have a soundtrack to their lives, and I get to be part of it. And so I'm reminded constantly. What a privilege it is to get to be involved with it and that God has allowed me, not only given me the gift in the first place, but then given me the courage to actually use it and then and then open the doors for me to, to meet people. I, I've done a, a, a number of ELCA National Youth Gatherings, um, but in 2012 was right around that time where I really started claiming my gift as a songwriter and I was commissioned to rewrite the song uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And I was like, really? You want to like rewrite the words of Hallelujah, like the classic song that everybody loves? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we'll pay you. So I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I'll do that. <laughs> and so I was really hesitant about trying it because it, like I said, I don't want to write a cheesy song about God. I wouldn't want to do one of those covers that youth groups did a lot in the 80s and 90s where they like take a secular song and make it a Christian song. Like I just didn't want to screw it up. And, um, and, and long story short, I was, I was putting my daughter to bed one night and thinking about the, the verses that were the theme of that gathering. And, and part of that, the messaging was the fact that, that, that there's two groups and, and there's a wall between them and there's hostility between them, but Jesus comes and breaks down the wall and he um, brings peace and he calls peace to those who are far off and those who are near. And then it talks about the fact that we're no longer strangers with each other anymore, but we're citizens with the saints and we can work together for the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. So I thought about that as I was putting my daughter to bed and, um, and I just thought no matter what group you're in, like hostility between the groups that, that denotes something 
bigger than just like we don't really like each other. Um, and so I, I, no matter what group you're in, you just always want your kids to be okay. You always want your children to, to grow up safe and um, happy and all of that. And so that's what started it. And, and it was one of those things where I, I started writing it when I was rocking her to sleep. And I put her to bed and I went downstairs and I kept listening to the to one version of it over and over again. And I wrote. And then um, the next morning I knew that there was eventually going to be a big, huge choir involved. And so I wrote the final verse at breakfast. And really since then I've changed maybe one line that, that none of us really liked and a word. But the rest of it is exactly as it was. And so uh, that event was in New Orleans in the Superdome. And, and what I hadn't realized was what an absolutely holy moment it was going to be. And so anyone that, that was there will remember this, but they had this huge, beautiful production around it, and there was modern dancers, and there was this incredible musician and guitar player, Peter Mayer, and the band, and then eventually a 500-member choir joined, and then they brought in these humongous, like four and five foot white balloons with these huge swags of fabric between them. And so as the music is happening, all of the balloons raise up and fill the ceiling of the Superdome. And it's just the most majestic thing ever. But what was so striking was as soon as we got to the first chorus, everybody knew it. And 35,000 people started singing hallelujah together. And, and you can't hear it in any of the recordings, but it was the most stunning, beautiful thing. And my Pentecostal roots came up and it was like the Holy Spirit was heavy. Like the, the, the feeling that God's presence was there, um, knowing of course that God is always present whether we feel it or not. But it was just a heaviness that God, God was present with these kids and they were experiencing, some of them for the first time, the sense that God was with them. And it was the most humbling, beautiful thing. And I just kept remembering being a little girl and just wishing to sing and wishing to do this for a living. And then it was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the moments I was born for. And it was beautiful and humbling and lovely. And I just felt so grateful. And I was super pregnant with my third baby. And I just thought he gets to experience this with me. And, and it was, it was an opportunity of a lifetime and I'm just so thankful. And so I'll just keep writing as long as there's songs to write. And, and for anyone out there that is a musician or has self doubt about their writing or their poetry or anything, your voice is vital. And it doesn't matter if you're the best, your song is really important. Please, for the sake of us, sing it. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you. When you come